Thanks for tuning into this episode. My name is Ellis Tucci. I'm the managing editor at Orbit MI. And I'm Ryan Dooley, Chief Commercial Officer, and we are joined by. Hey, I'm Eric Cavoli. I'm the creative director and partner at Cashman Cats, and you are listening to Ship Talk. Mm-hmm. Nicely done. I'm t- <laughs> See, and that's why he's a pro, Ellis. That's why exactly. he's a pro. That was that's well that's why nice we had him on. Well, we have in advertising, we have a thing, you know, when we're presenting TV spots or radio spots to a client before they're produced, we do scratch tracks, right, which you're probably familiar with. And so I, I always ins- insert myself into the VO for uh, scratch tracks. And I, I love it. It's that sort of like, like a that. second career there. And then That's I hear awesome. a professional do it, and I realize that it'll never be a first career, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I think uh, this is our first, I believe this is our inaugural episode where we actually have someone that's not Ellis and I it is. chatting. So we want to give you the warmest of welcomes here. And you've, I think we're starting, I think we're starting off strong, man. I think we're setting the bar really high for ourselves here by leading off with Eric. So I feel very good about it, though. Uh, yeah. If that's the case, I don't have really high hopes for your podcast, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> do the best I can. Beautiful. So, well, what brings us here? Um, what brings us here today to chat with Eric? There is that uh, Eric's been and team over at Cashman Cats have been working with the Orbit MI team, uh, helping us out in a number of different uh, content creation efforts there from the marketing side and. One of the curiosities I know I had directly, and it came up in a in a meeting, is saying it would be great to speak to a professional and understand what the process is about developing a brand and understanding how you approach this business. Uh, with that being said, uh, Ellis and I jotted down some questions, and we want to just pick your brain about it and kind of dig in. And with that, I'll kind of kick it over to Ellis there to kind of ramp us up and, and get us moving in the right direction here. Well, thank you, Ryan. So to kind of kick off our first question, Eric, if you could just kind of talk about who CK is as an agency, what are the kind of things that you're involved with, uh, you know, that kind of uh, that kind of area? Sure. So, yeah, I guess, you know, Cashman Cats is a you can call it an advertising agency, a communications company. You know, these descriptors have changed through the years. Um, Sometimes we call ourselves an integrated communications firm, but you know, we most familiar term is probably uh, advertising or branding agency, and we do everything from you know more traditional advertising to re- to actually doing rebrands and and, and branding um, projects for for companies. And we're um, a, a smaller company, but we work with some larger brands. And I think one of the coolest things is we work with really no specific type of brand, large, small, B two B, B two C, consumer industrial all across the boards and and uh you know everything from one of the most prominent uh consumer products in everyone's medicine cabinet to uh the pizza place down the road you know and that's sort of it's fun for us to have that kind of variety what we do that's cool uh can i uh, kind of a weird one-off question this isn't we have a handful of real hard-hitting ones that i think are hard-hitting because they're about like well who is ck and you know what do you guys do random one-off here what is the best practice within the, uh, I want to use your vernacular correctly, and I really like the name you just said. How did you phrase it? Inter- integrated communications? What was what was that one? Can you repeat that one for me? Integrated communications. Yeah, or integrated communications company. It's, uh... Beautiful. So like if it, for someone who's in this integrated communications, and I, I flocked to that one just because you guys are, are way more than just advertising. We've had a numerous conversations with your team. Uh, talking about everything from general content generation, strategic stuff, the actual 
physical advertisement of getting the message out there. So I think your integration should be integrated communications company. I think that probably says it all right there. When you're talking about this, you very deftly said it's like a product that everybody knows in your medicine cabinet. Are you under like full NDAs where you guys may be doing a ton of work for a company, but the goal is that nobody knows it's not necessarily that company that's doing that work. Is, is your job to be holding ninja-like and behind the scenes? Or <laughs> just if you could just give me a little color there. So it's, it's a great question that no one has ever asked me before. <laughs> so, Breaking news, that folks. so um, you know what? It's, it's not um, a big secret what our type of company does. Right. This is what we do. And it's no secret that the biggest brands in the world, even the smallest brands of the world, hire other people to do things for them. Right. So there is no, um, you know, there are NDAs or some companies that don't want you to talk about your relationship, but those are not super common, you know. Sure. So it's very, you know, we have, when we promote ourselves, for, for instance, it's very common for us to say we work with X, Y, and Z, and this is the work we've done for them. You know, that's how we win business. That's how we show off what we're capable of. That's how we attract and recruit talent who want to come and work on a specific account. So there's um, very little mystery there, except when a client specifically says, hey, don't mention our name, you know. Awesome. And we have had that situation with certain um, defense uh, industry. There's been some that just we don't want any kind of presence anywhere other than where we're, we we make it ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. So. That actually dovetails a little bit into uh, my first question, my first legitimate question that I have here for you, is that so you guys are operating in a slew of sectors. Right. Off the top, yay or nay on the first one here, is maritime, because that's Orbit's area. I mean, we're a software as a service company, you know, by trade. However, we are very specific in the niche that we operate in within the maritime sector. Is maritime a new area for your agency? Yeah, so... Two years ago, we had zero maritime experience in our agency, right? Oh, okay. Um, or however long ago our relationship started, maybe long, maybe two or three years ago, right? Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything even remotely close. And I don't think we worked in, certainly in shipping in okay. any way, shape, or form before that. And very common practice for us to do that, to start working in a uh, industry that we've never had before. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what makes our, our work very rewarding and, and interesting and, and fun is, a, is to learn. Yeah, absolutely. You have to imagine the cookie cutter, ah, cookie cutter is probably the wrong word for it, but if you're only operating in the same space over and over again, you're probably going to go to the you know, pardon me for my base. I'm a baseball guy, so I go to a lot of you'll notice a trend of baseball analogies, folks, for anybody listening at home. But you're going to go to the pitch that you rely on if it's going to be a similar industry over and over again. So I'd imagine this not only being fun and rewarding for you also makes it tremendously challenging because you're looking at everything through a new set of eyes almost. Uh, would you agree with that or do you think uh, or do you think there's a lot of similarity between the industries? Well, there's there's constant and there's similar similarities in, in what we're doing for people, right? Mm -hmm. Which is discovering truths and articulating what people stand for and, and what they do. You know, that's a, the, the processes we go through for those things are the same no matter what the industry is. But we absolutely have to learn, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, we went through and probably still do um, growing pains with this industry of something as simple as um, that's not a tanker. 
yeah, <laughs> that's a natural gas uh, chip or that's a you know dry bulk or, or something like that. So there's there's just a learning curve for for sure. And mm-hmm. you know our our goal is to get over that as quickly as possible. But um, I, I just think it's fascinating to learn new industries. Now, here's an interesting thing about it. We are deeply steeped in digital transformation software companies. That's nothing new to us. One of our largest clients is a a global leader in digital transformation. So these concepts that are very present in Orbit's business are are certainly not, we're not unfamiliar to us. And Ellis, I know I was joking around when I said his lead in there was something that that is the tee up of all tee ups there for me to go ahead and just take the opportunity to plug Orbit because at our core, as I said, we're a software as a service company. We have a niche in the maritime, but the number one thing that we're driving is actually a full blown wholesale industry revolution all around digitalization. So what you're talking about there, I mean, that that puts you squarely within the wheelhouse of what we're trying to accomplish, which makes it very natural for us to want to work with uh, with your integrated communication company. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And uh, kind of kind of following up on that, uh, you know, we've uh, talked about this previously, but uh, Maritime has not been the most uh, maybe aggressive in adopting these new uh, digital strategies. Does that uh, impact the ways that you come up with branding strategies uh, in this sector? Um, I, I think it does in a, in a couple ways. One is to understand the mindset of the people that we're talking to right and there is some while there's certainly a, a progressive movement present there is definitely deep-seated um uh what's the word i'm looking for there, there's definitely a, a sense of um old school right in the, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> that right? is a fair statement <laughs> slow to <laughs> ships that are slow to turn right all that perfect <laughs> metaphor for your industry right um, but we need, you know, one of the earliest things we need to understand is, is you're talking to people that um, are often generational um, in this business, that mm-hmm. have done things the same way for a long time, um, that are used to, to literally to, to paper and pen and, and clipboards and, and, and things like that. And, and so in a lot of ways, different from other industries, they may be slower to adopt. So, so one way it affects is, is we have to understand that mindset and the way we articulate um, who Orbit is and, and, and what Orbit can do has to keep that in mind. Everything from some of the specific language we use to, you know, maybe taking baby steps in certain areas, right? And that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but um, and, uh, and and secondly, the way we execute, right? Um, using mediums that are comfortable and familiar to this group. And the truth of the matter is, pretty much everybody's on social media and in, in the digital world, so. It's not very difficult. We're not running print ads and uh, ship news today or anything like that. But, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, that's also part of the consideration that we have to understand where they're consuming. And if they're consuming a different type of media than more progressive industries, then, you know, you have to follow suit. So. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. And it, pardon me if I'm a little bit dense on this, but kind of getting just an added piece of clarity for my own <laughs> for my own education here. Like we're saying trying to make sure that you're operating within the within these mediums. Is there anything beyond social that you find that the the industry lends itself to or specifically doesn't lend itself to? You know, meaning is there anything that they just out and out seem to reject and say, say we we don't know about that, so we ain't gonna do it. <laughs> well, uh, you, you know, although a great deal of your audience is is 
you know, offices on land, a great, a lot of your audience is, is not in one place, right? Mm -hmm. So digital and social becomes very natural for them because they're not looking at, um, billboards and listening to terrestrial radio and things like that. So, you know, there's some very obvious, you know, mediums that just don't fly. And then for a number of other reasons, such as this being so B2B oriented, but, um, I was gonna say, should we be uh, should we be exploring possibly uh, audio audio ads that we send out over like the uh, over the long range radio that they still have on the bridge, like in between uh, NPR yeah. newscasts? We also mentioned we're like, and by the way, Orbit MI, <laughs> we're the guys yeah. to see. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's an area we haven't ex explored, yet, but you know, joke a little bit, but you know, is there is there digital radio that is um, popular? You know, with this group, like, you know, the Spotify's and Pandora's of the world and things like that. And those are certainly viable mediums to communicate on and highly targetable. But, um, you know, it just it just feels because of also because of what you're selling, because of what you do, that living in in, in digital and, and social makes this makes the most sense. Right. Absolutely. So I find um, my own and. Uh, my own personal background here coming up in the the maritime industry you know on the operational side you know working for the for the shipping lines etc you know i come from a i come with a unique background for most compared to most people that are in the technology and the software space and one of the things that i find to be useful for me is my ability to take into account how little i knew about most of the technology and most of the mediums that were available to office going people that have spent the last 20 years and seen the full digital conversion over from typewriters to computers into all the many, many facets that we have now. And being able to keep that in mind has been very helpful for me as a sales guy going out trying to explain to my counterparts being like, no, 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 don't be afraid of this. It'll it'll help. I swear to God. Yeah. Uh, with that in mind, and it's actually one of the other key questions that I really want. I'm dying to know the answer to this one is that where does CK start with that? Okay, so keeping all of the things that we've talked about in mind, what is the beginning of the creative process for you? You know, when you're, say you're coming to somebody, not in Orbit MI, you get someone else that says, hey, we're also in maritime technology. You know, what do, where do you begin? Where, what's step one? Well, I mean, the broader step one is we believe strongly that everything starts with the idea. And before you start, executing anything you need a really great idea so mm -hmm. the more specific step one is what it takes to start creating that idea which is 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 knowing anything everything you can know so research is always the beginning and research can take a, a zillion different forms it can be just kind of hanging out with your new partners and learning all you can about them it can be formal research mm -hmm. you know like um yeah, online research or, or polling or you know qualitative quantitative research all kinds of stuff Sure. But the key is to learn everything you can, um, and that will, in turn, <clears throat> feed your your ideation, right? So we spend an awful lot of time in this agency, and, and not all agencies do. We we certainly do. We spend the bulk of our time ideating, right? Okay. And <clears throat> if you if we ever have an assignment from somebody and says, "Hey, come up with a campaign for prod, you know, product X," mm -hmm. and you have four weeks to do it, we'll spend three weeks and six days ideating. <laughs> Right, right up to the last minute and then the last day putting the presentation together, right? It's it, because we're so, we want to use as much time as possible to think, 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 idea, you know, throw ideas against the wall. So um, it doesn't matter what the industry is, what the end result is, what the campaign is, what the goal is, what the objective is. It's all got to have a really strong idea. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a bit cliche to say that, but um, not everybody lives by that, especially now as marketing has sure. changed so much. The idea has died a little bit, you know, in some yeah. ways. It's an interesting. Um, it's an interesting thought there about the you know using your your the x amount of weeks plus six days, you know, and then on the last day you kind of like we we took as much time. Yeah. If I've seen, and I can't speak specifically to the integrated communication integrated communications companies. That's a <laughs> that's a mouthful for me some for sometimes. Uh, it's interesting because there's a lot of there's a lot of push to that rapid prototyping model, like people people thinking along the lines of like, well, just generate something and get it out, throw it against the wall, see if it sticks and then come back. Do you do you find pressure to ever shift to that direction or do you ever run into customers that are asking specifically for something along those lines so you push your methodology or do you not find that that's even in the, in the mix? Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it's um, you know, we, we live in this world of the impossible task of being creative on a deadline. So is <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? It's, it's these two things shouldn't coexist, but they do. That's the That's so spot on. Has yeah, anyone ever told you be funny? Tell me something funny right now. Right. It's the least funny you'll ever be if someone yeah. tells you, "Yes, Eric, you you're speaking the truth on this one, my man." <laughs> and there's a there's a great video that is, is, is probably 10 years old now where they did an experiment and they gave a bunch of um kindergartners a piece of paper and it had a um a circle on it and a line that looked like a, a hand of a clock, two lines mm-hmm. of like hands of a clock. And they gave it to the kids and they said, okay, you have one minute, draw a picture. And the kids all came back and drew clocks. Makes right? sense. Yep. They did the same thing with another group, same picture. And they said, okay, you have 30 minutes, draw a picture. And the kids came back with these marvelously creative, whimsical drawings of animals and owls and and um trucks and you know and, and machinery and and unicorns and rainbows right because yeah. they had the time mm-hmm. to think, you know? and it's kind of a, a rudimentary example but it's a you know it sums it up absolutely but alas we understand we're in the business and there are deadlines and we we have to uh we have to do that and that's what we get paid to do right to be creative mm-hmm. on a timeline so that is great oh I like that as a ta- I like that as a tagline, just in general, for a uh, for for a company to say it's like we are creative on a timeline. I like that. I like the liner on that. There's also, you know, that that sort of, you know, the way things are changing. Uh, digital is a great example on social media. Um, I had this conversation the other day with one of our digital guys, and we were looking at a couple pieces of creative, and I said, "What do you think is is going to work better, this you know, version A or version B?" He's like. That's true. We're running both. Whichever one performs better is the one is the winner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? You know, you don't do that with a with a full page ad in the New York Times or with a uh, you know a TV campaign, right? <laughs> but this these mediums allow us to do those things, which you know you have to learn that things are a little different now than they were you know 20 years ago. That's and great. Every ad was labored over. You know, <laughs> it's always perfect. Well, I guess it's one of those. Uh... We have a finite amount of space on the in the New York Times, and you have an infinite amount of space on the internet. So you can kind of do what you need to do and see what works. <laughs> and you can change it. You don't have a month lead time to get something printed, and it lives in circulation forever. It's you know, it's here, it's gone. Beautiful. Or Beautiful. try something different. 
Ellis, what do you what do you got, man? I'm I'm I'm, I'm talking Eric's ear off just because I'm I'm intrigued here. So, but uh, please, Ellis, what do you got, bud? Well, I was just gonna say, uh, you know, going off of uh, of that, talking about uh, the actual deployment of the campaigns and switching from the uh, beginning of the campaign to the end of the campaign. Uh, do you guys have any, you know, how? what is your preferred way of measuring success? Like, do you have a preferred set of KPIs that you use or, or anything similar? Yeah, so I will, uh, I'll caveat this by saying I'm answering as the creative director, not as the director of uh, analytics, but um, there's, uh, with, with social and digital become the most amazing, readily available, accurate analytic tools ever developed in advertising, right? So you know right away. What's your criteria? You know, and sometimes you 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 set it ahead of time. Sometimes you're looking for a little bit of everything. But is it clicks? Is it it shares? Is it engagement? Is it likes? Is it follows? Is it click through here to this button and then purchase? You know, you can measure anything and everything. So, so depending on what your particular campaign is, you really establish what desired action you want, and you run your campaign and you say, did it happen? And you know right down to the, the single click if it worked or not, right? And it's, it's pretty amazing that we can do that, you know? Other things are a little tr trickier um, to measure, but, you know, it's done less, but you can do pre and post sort of qualitative studies about, you know, recall of advertising or opinions of a brand or something like that, you know? Well, that's done a lot less and less these days, but, you know, it used to be a, a common thing. On that uh, on that point there about the the metrics and the the measurements, so you guys sit in a unique position where you're doing this day in day out. You have a number of different a variety of different campaigns with a variety of different interests. Uh, excuse me, area areas of interest. I would imagine that you guys just by the nature of your business are sitting on top of a lot of best practices, so to speak, where you guys have seen what does actually work for these companies. Now, it sounds to me like being able to make recommendations like that falls a little bit closer to maybe management consulting than necessarily just exclusively like marketing and the integrated communications pieces that we're talking about here. But is that a role that CK ever takes on where you make recommendations saying someone comes to you and says, we just, we're just interested in shares, and you're saying someone in your business might actually be more focused on click-through? Is that a conversation that you guys take on? Yeah, and I would say more often than not, we take on that conversation, right? It's, it's, yeah, sure, there are the projects where, hey, you know, uh, we just want to get a bunch of, uh, build up our followers on uh, Instagram, whatever, or something. But um, more often than not, people come to us with a business challenge, mm -hmm. right? We have this new product. We need people to, you know, start learning about it. We need to sell, you know, we need to sell a certain amount or whatever. So it starts with a business challenge. And, and though we can't solve every business challenge completely, we do our part in, in, in the marketing end, right? So we'll we'll create the campaign to achieve that business challenge, whether that's sales challenge or a, um, an organizational challenge or a awareness challenge or something like that, right? So so definitely a lot of what we're doing is very strategic, mm -hmm. higher level. You know, that's why some of our better relationships is the ones that we're very close with our clients and have a very sort of trusted partnership, you know, and, and it's, it's rarely, Hey, agency, just come back and tell us exactly what to do. It's usually a, a team or we'll work with the brand manager or the marketing manager to help um, make that stuff happen. Right. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That sounds like the, the right formula will be to make sure that everybody's involved in the process so that you're finding the right solution for it, it makes perfect sense. 
what's the what do you guys look at though for the long term like is it it sounds to me strikes me as saying you know the best case financially scenario for ck is you want to keep working you want to keep working with people that you can be successful with and you know everybody makes money and that's great is that your ultimate goal is to have these long-term engagements where you have just open-ended you guys are just working together to build this or do you guys shoot to try and do something more along the lines of we want to get you guys up and running so you can do it without us you know and, and you guys go off into the jungle to go find more more business there what's the what's the long term look like yeah that's a good question um i would say it's it's rarely planned that hey we'll get you set up and then take off you know it's and i don't think that's completely realistic because one of the things that we provide that we think is unique and not a commodity um, is the ideation part right so yeah um yes there are certain things that we help can help our clients grow and become more capable in certain areas I particularly think about things like social media and where you can create ideas and templates that your client can run with and often can execute themselves more efficiently than you can as a you know third party but um you know ideation is not something that our clients can typically do on their own that's why they come to us they're, they're good at what they do mm -hmm. so um and a lot of the other stuff buying digital media is a discipline that there's tons of tools that can help you do it but to do it insightfully and to do it you know um strategically is a discipline and that's something that you know we have people here that are really good at and that's not always something that you can pass on to somebody else who's got a thousand other duties to do you know so you know the one thing i will say though is that the the typical agency relationship retainer relationship where you were the agency of record for a client and you did all their work you did everything for them for years and you had annual contracts or tenure contracts whatever Mm -hmm. really those are fewer and far between these days we do a lot of project work right or campaign work where sure. a client will come to us and say hey you we want us to help you we want you to help us with our brand or we want we want you to help us launch this product and sometimes they're just short engagements and here's the project it's done and we move on to something else sometimes they turn into future projects but i would say that more of our clients are of that nature where they're regular clients we see them every year, but we're doing one project at a time, not really their entire marketing world. You know, awesome. Yeah, it's, a lot of, it's changed a lot from from the way it used to be. Well, it sounds like it. And actually, so before we, uh, you know, before we move on to another one that's that's very macro, you know, CK centric, can we can we dive into to the Eric of things for, for a moment there? I'm just curious. Can you give us the quick flavor on your background? Like, how do you end up? as the creative director for, you know, CK, like how do you end up in your role yeah. here at CK? Yeah, well, I, I um, came up through the copywriting side of it. So traditionally creatives are kind of either writers or designers, right? And they come up mm -hmm. to copy and art, copy and art, copy and art. Um, I came up on the copy side. So I was always a, a strong writer in school and always had my teachers and professors say, oh, you should be a writer, you should be a writer. So I was looking at all the good writing jobs out there. I said, okay, what can I do where I'm a writer? They say I'm good at that. And there was journalism, but boy, that looked like a lot of work. And, you know, <laughs> and I go to airports on Christmas Eve and, you know, interview PS sounded like a drag. So um, poetry, didn't really pay that well. Greeting <laughs> um, cards I thought was cool, but there's really only, you know, 
So Hallmark was knocking on your door. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky, you know. So there's like, you know, there's like one game in town, Monopoly. So um, no, honestly. So it, it, the funny thing that happened though, I went to college and um, knowing I want to do something with writing, and the, the year that I had to make my decision what the major was, the the college actually introduced an advertising major. So there's a little yeah. serendipity there, and um, I pursued that, interned at a couple agencies, and just worked as a copywriter and. Um, I had a, a, a smaller agency that um, I was a partner in, and Cashman Cats actually bought us about ten years ago. Bought our well, our clients, our computers, our everything, and so I've been here ever since um, as the uh, creative director for the last maybe six or seven years. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I love these. Just there's a there's something I don't know what it is, but there's just something you know. Call it what you want, just sexy about the idea of going into like marketing. You know, you come at you, the shows like Mad Men and, and just random shows that have that have really like make it they make it look just like this is cool. We're gonna grab a glass of scotch and we're gonna come in here and we're gonna find a way for people to make millions. And that just sounds like a cool yeah. way to make a living. So yeah, I love that. It's funny, you know, I like like I talk about I'm a writer, I'm a writer, you know, and Ellis, I know you're a writer, right? You've you've probably written some very substantial things in your life. <laughs> you know, I'm writing headlines in a, on a cocktail napkin right can i call myself a writer i'm not sure but um yeah, is there it's... a uh this has nothing to do with ck or even the maritime is there a future for uh for someone in the copywriting field to be like a ghost writer for tweets like you can do like i can do the best 140 characters that anyone's ever seen type of thing you know yeah <laughs> well that's what we do right that's what we we, we tweet for our clients right we, we write their facebook posts and I love it. That's I think that's that's exactly what I need. I've never even I've never been able to embrace Twitter largely because I can't going back to your point, circling back to your, your underlying thing is being creative on a deadline. I can think of right. I'm widely told by my friends, you're a funny guy. Right up until I'm sitting there with the phone in my hand and be like, I'm gonna say something funny right now. And all of a sudden I'm like, ah, the weather today is sixty-seven and sunny. You know, it's just <laughs> Yeah, if you oh, miss your window with Twitter, you know, it's not, uh, it doesn't have the same effect. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Oh, well, Ellis, I think we have, uh, I think we have one last outstanding question. You want to, you want to bring us home, sir? Yeah, we've got, uh, for one last question. So what, Eric, would you say to someone who works in maritime, but is maybe uh, unfamiliar with uh, the benefits of the type of branding and services that CK provides. And a little caveat onto that, uh, what would be the first steps for that person uh, if they were interested in pursuing that route? Yeah, well, I think, um, first of all, what we do, what branding is, is not something magical where we come and conjure something or create something new. What we do is we discover really the essence of companies and then articulate that to their audiences. So I would say if there's if there's a, a company out there in any space, but certainly in maritime, that is trying to communicate with people from a marketing standpoint and is struggling to or, or just doesn't or feels they could do it better. Well, that's what we do. We help you do that better, right? And better means more accurately, um, but also more meaningfully to these audiences. So what you have to say about your product or your service really connects with um, that audience member in a way that motivates them to do what you want them to do, to like you, to, mm. pa to patronize you, to be your friend, to be your partner, you know? So I think there are very few companies out there that say, yeah, we're doing it all right. We're, we're communicating perfectly, you know? 
And so I would I would really say the first place to start with that is to really take a look at at, at your brand and what you're all about. And if if you're not positive what your essence is and you're not positive if you're expressing it right, you probably need some help. And a third party coming in is is the party to do that. So and how to go about it is reach out to a, a great branding agency like Cashman Cats, if you will, and uh, say, hey, we need help. And, um, you know, we take over from there. Awesome. I think that's the perfect uh, that's the perfect way to phrase it there. And uh, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of alignment between marketing and sales and you know, sales and marketing as, as our CMO, David uh, Levy, and I chat about extensively is there's so much overlap there. And I think one of the reasons why is because the sentiment ends up being the same is that your goal is not uh, it, it's not the old school image of what a salesperson is of like selling a used car or you know anything trying to get you to buy something that you maybe don't necessarily need or don't necessarily want the goal in sales today the consumer is so informed that our goal is to identify who is the right person to buy this and who's the wrong person and if you're talking to the wrong person to buy this to move on so you save yourself some time you save them some time and you're respectful to everybody's time and just basically <laughs> the fact that they have the knowledge to be able to go Google these things and figure it out themselves. So being able to be likable, personable, you know, create a narrative around this and really say what it is you do and target the right people. From my side, when I look at what Cash McCast does for us, that's that's one of the huge wins that we get is we're able to target the right people with the right message so that we can very clearly and succinctly tell them what we really want them to know about us because we know our differentiators better than better than everyone. We know what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. So I wholly support it. And I, I, I feel no shame in saying if you're looking for a solid branding partner and a solid integrated communications company there that I, I wholly stand behind CK. So I think we should shamelessly plug that here as part of our podcast. <laughs> you should, yes. It's shamelessly, yes. But the, the, the thing is too, you know, we never really defined it, but another good thing for people to understand is what what is a brand, right? And people have different definitions of what a brand is. And we know it's far more than just your, your visual identity, your logo, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of definitions. The one that I like the most, because I think it helps people understand it, is, uh, is a brand, your brand is, is the promise of an experience, right? And there's two important things there, is that your brand is an experience for people in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And the word promise is really important. So mm -hmm. your brand really is out there even before you talk to them, and it's promising something to that audience about you, right? And you think about popular brands like Corona, right? The, the promise of Corona is that you're going to feel like you're sitting on the beach. Yeah. The promise okay. yeah. of Nike is you're going to feel empowered. That's your mm -hmm. promise, you know? But think about your own brand. What's the promise that your brand is making? Yeah. You know? What is the Orbit, Orbit MI's promise that they're making to you, you know? And that's... um it's that, that definition has always been my go-to because I think it's really clear and it helps people understand the importance of a brand and, and what it can do for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, in my, in my academic background, and I, I stress the academic piece because I don't have enough of the practical application to say, in like in my experience, we, I felt, but from my academic learning is that the, the, you know, brand awareness and brand equity and all these kind of fanciful, fanciful is the wrong word, fancy terms is the word I'm looking for of saying that people are going to know who you are and what you're about before you ever speak with them. I, I, it ties exactly into what you're, yeah. what you're saying there. 
And I know you mentioned it rhetorically, but I will just answer your question very quickly is that, you know, our promise is that we will be the single source of truth for you in a way of consolidating disparate information into one place here with Orbit. So in case anyone was curious, <laughs> I just just want to make sure that we're staying on brand, if I may. <laughs> That's good. I thought you were going to ask me what Orbit's brand was, and I think you just, I'm glad you didn't, because you just did a better job than I was going to do. Right? <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't want to throw you in the wolves. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. I mean, <laughs> Because I feel like if I did it wrong, everyone would be like, well, that's just Ryan. <laughs> what do you, Ellis, what do you think? Do you have, have you ever thought about it? What the, the promise of the experience of Orbit? Um, you know, I've, I've definitely thought about it being in the marketing department, managing all the copy and that. But I don't know if I could upstage uh, the kind of succinctness <laughs> and accuracy of Ryan's version. Uh, so let's let's defer to his judgment on this. <laughs> But now I'm curious, Eric. Did you have one? Did you have one loaded? Did you have one in the holster there as to what you what what Cashman Cats would say is the the promise of of Orbit? I think um, I think that I would layer in a little more emotion, right? So the strong strongest brands have this strong emotional quotient to them. Okay. Right? And I think the emotion, the emotional part of your brand, is a a, a sense of um, control, right, over the uncontrollable. So I always feel like, you know, a single source of truth and, and, and is great stuff. But I, for me, the Orbit brand's always been about a feeling of, of empowerment and control that I can get my arms around something that just seems so incredibly complex, right? And whether that's data or my business or the changing world or regulations or whatever it is, Orbit helps me do that, you know, and I always thought that was kind of cool with the name Orbit. And I know you don't really go heavily on this, but bringing all this into my own orbit, you know what I mean? So I get it. So it, it, it all makes sense to me. There's something emotional about that. I think that's an important part of your brand. I am. Uh, I am not too proud to say that is the that is the better of the two of the two promises, my friend. So I got to tell you, I'm going to spend the rest of my afternoon putting that into my so I'm a huge proponent of. Take a good message that you hear from someone, whether it be sales, marketing, et cetera, but you got to put it in your own voice. Like if I try to say something sure. that Ellis is, Ellis says, I can't make it sound the way he says. Same thing with you, Eric. I'm going to spend the whole rest of the afternoon trying to recreate exactly what you just said in the Ryan Dooley <laughs> voice here, because that, my friend, spot on. I love that. That's right. right. <laughs> Very cool. With that there, uh, Mr. Ellis, any other, uh, any other last minute uh rating questions there that we want to make sure that we, uh, that we, <laughs> we get Eric with before we let him go. <laughs> uh, that, I think, pretty much wraps it up on the questions front. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for coming on. Can you let our listeners know where they can find out more about Cashman Cats? Great, yeah. So you can check us out on, at CashmanCats.com. That's CashmanKatz.com. And like uh, most agencies, we're uh, working on our own website slowly because we have lots of other clients. So <laughs> our uh, website's a work in progress, but we're um, uh, but you can learn about there and contact us and give us a shout if you have any questions or or just want to talk to somebody about uh, branding. Awesome. Thank you very much uh, for the time there, Eric, and for all of our listeners. And hopefully we'll end up bringing in a whole new slew of listeners here with this one that didn't catch our first episode. But uh, for anyone that wants to see the work, it's out there on our YouTube channel. So come into www.orbit.com and go into our YouTube channel. You'll be able to check out a ton of videos and a ton of different content that's been uh, 
largely influenced and assisted in design by the good folks at CK. So we are very much appreciative to it, and we look forward to working with you ongoing, my friend, for the foreseeable future. Uh, Cashman Cats is a large part of our strategy. Well, thank you, guys. It's, it's been great. Let's do this every week. Yeah. Yeah. Sold, my man. I got <laughs> we'll bring you in, and I'd love to. I frankly, I'd love to get your input on each one of the branding exercises we do for each podcast, so we could just have Eric swing in for five minutes at the end and say, "And this is how it's going to get done, guys." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Well, I think, folks, that'll do it for us here. And once again, thank you for listening. This has been Ryan Dooley. This is Ellis Tucci, and I've been uh, Eric Cavoli at Ship Talk. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, then uh, consider subscribing or sharing with a colleague.